Welcome to the Self-Care Goddess Podcast, brought to you by me, Rita Savoya, founder of Savoya Self-Care Holistic Wellness. I'm a certified nutritionist and a holistic wellness coach for midlife women who want to rediscover their happier, sexier selves naturally without pills or side effects so that they can thrive as they age. I'm also the creator of the Savoya Self-Care Method, empowering women to nurture heart, mind, and body for transformative results. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to help millions of midlife women become their own health heroes. As a woman entrepreneur and a caregiver to aging parents, I fully understand the many responsibilities and generally stressful times women are living through these days, often suffering in silence, misunderstood, and putting themselves last. That's why each week I will be here for you, guiding you on your personal wellness journey, sharing expert advice from thought leaders on natural, practical, and simple solutions to help you thrive during the midlife transition. Get ready to listen to inspiring conversations about all things wellness, nutrition, mindset, mental health, fasting, hormones, menstrual cycle awareness and sinking, ancient healing strategies like meditation, mindfulness and breath work, and spirituality. Every month, I will also be featuring a small to medium-sized business to help spread the word on the amazing work they're doing so we can support them. And now, without further ado, let's get ready to rumble. Happy listening! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Care Goddess podcast. Today, I have a very special guest that will be sharing with us that there's more to melatonin, this amazing hormone that we all hear about. He'll actually be looking at it from a different perspective and how we can tap into this beautiful nature's most ancient healing molecule. So I'm super excited to have to have him on. But before that, let's settle into the space that we are currently in. And I invite everyone to relax. So perhaps beginning that relaxation process by inhaling deep, sharp inhales through the nose. And let's sigh it out together. <sighs> yes, letting go of whatever is going on right now. Maybe perhaps it's the end of your day or beginning of your day, whatever time of day it is. Just let things go, relaxing your entire body surrendering to the surface beneath you, perhaps even lowering your gaze or closing your eyes and really going within, following those deep belly breaths in through the nose and out, relaxing your entire body. And as we continue this deep diaphragmatic breathing sort of settle us into the space. I invite you to focus your attention in the area of the heart. And as you continue this heart-focused breathing, channeling that energy to this beautiful muscular organ, I invite you to visualize someone that you're grateful for today. Visualize them right in front of you. And let's send them some love, gratitude, and appreciation for them being in your life.
And in this space of immense gratitude, I invite you to be open-minded to today's conversation and receptive to this amazing information that we're about to share with you. So please inhale and exhale. Slowly open your eyes if you have your eyes closed and come back to us. Thank you, thank you. So today we have Dr. Scott. Oh, Scott, I didn't even ask you how to pronounce your last name. It's uh, it's Bayer. Bayer. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Because I didn't want to mispronounce that. Okay. So nope. Dr. Scott Bayer is a second generation chiropractor who grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago with the desire to teach and help others. While studying for his doctorate of chiropractic, Dr. Scott recognized the importance of the relationship between the health of our brain and nervous system and the health of our body. What affects the brain and nervous system will affect the rest of the body. Dr. Scott has his diplomat in neurology and has taken over 400 hours of postgraduate level courses in functional neurology taught by the prestigious Carrick Institute. He, along with Dr. Holmes, has also taken hundreds of hours of courses in functional medicine covering a wide array of topics, including nutritional approaches for changing brain chemistry, advanced blood chemistry analysis, thyroid gland disorders, environmental influences on immune immunity, endocrine disorders, mitochondrial health, and genetics. Wow, wow, wow. What a treat. What a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for making time and sharing space with my community. Welcome. Thank you so much for for having me, Rita. It really is a, a pleasure. And I'm hoping that I can provide at least a little bit of value and kind of open people's eyes to a, a, a topic that uh, is uh, somewhat new to me and somewhat very, it was very fascinating to me on, um, you know, melatonin, there's our circadian rhythm and um, how we've been kind of looking at it in this very, from a melatonin standpoint, uh, very backwards. So I'm, I'm really excited Ooh. to share some of that. I love that. Yes. Okay. So before we do that, tell us your story. How did you get started in doing this? So of course, you're second generation chiropractor, but what led you to this whole holistic way of practicing um, being a chiropractor? Yeah, so the, the story that I share quite often is I, I really became a chiropractor um, because chiropractic really has its roots deeply embedded in neurology. So if you look at kind of the history in, in chiropractic, it has a, a very kind of neurological foundation. And to me, that was like super interesting because um, to me, the overall quality and health of, of this guy, our brain directly correlates. It has this one-to-one correlation of the, the, the very life that the individual can live. I mean, let's, let's face it. Like if somebody is depressed or they're anxious or they're losing their memory or they have all this fatigue, like that can affect the livelihood of that individual. So initially what drew me to chiropractic was that. And when I, uh, when I was in chiropractic school, I uh, quickly realized that, you know, we, we weren't really getting into the, the depth of neurology as that I hope, you know, and it's funny because a lot of people think of, of chiropractors and they think like, you know, neck pain, back pain, headaches, like those types of things. And, um, and you know, I would argue uh, some of the kind of more traditional chiropractic helps that. But there is, is kind of a, a new emerging field called chiropractic neurology that looks at um, w- what do we do to activate or deactivate certain areas of 
the brain to really improve brain health. And mm. so when I was in school, um, just like you said, I took a whole bunch of different uh, courses and was very heavily weighted on a, a field of practice called uh, functional neurology. And it wasn't until I, and this is honestly, uh, I remember this it, it's super clearly because it had a really profound impact on me. It wasn't until I was done with school where I had this patient and she came to me originally with like all of these neurological issues. So she came to me with migraines and she also had things like depression. She couldn't sleep. She had like aches and pains all over her body and all of these like neurological symptoms. And she was also fatigued as well. All of these, these symptoms, which are, you know, neurological in nature were being driven by uh, an autoimmunity against her thyroid gland, a very common one that I, I know you've probably heard of called Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, I, I had this patient and we were working on her and, you know, I was having this conversation with her, like, okay, are you, you know, have you talked to your endocrinologist about this? You know? And she's like, yeah, every time I go, you know, they're, they keep telling me like, you're fine. Like everything's normal. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And, um, we started getting more people coming into our practice who were being failed by the traditional way of, of looking at things. You know, the, the traditional way of looking at things is really good in some aspects like acute care, which is typically like more emergency procedures. Um, they're really good at saving people's lives, but um, you know, where at least in my opinion that they're, they're falling short in a lot of individuals with like chronic related symptoms and chronic related issues, we kept seeing a lot of these patients come into our practice and they were being like, it was like they were being failed by the traditional way of, of looking at things. You know, either they were put on medication and it kind of helped or nothing really helped. And they were trying to find answers as to why they were feeling the way that they were feeling, but they weren't really getting a whole lot of that. And, you know, I, I kept telling these people like, you know, chat with your doc. Why don't you talk with your doc? Like they're supposed to help these things. People kept coming in that were being failed and were like, we're like, oh crap, like if, if, if their endocrinologist, you know, or their neurologist is not going to help them with this, like who is, you know, and that's where, you know, our, our practice took a, a, a turn um, in, in a very, I feel very blessed because I see a wide variety of, of patients. And we knew that we had to think a little bit differently than a traditional way of thinking because that was, that was failing a lot of our patients. So we, we tried to learn from a lot of docs out there that mm -hmm. were able to get their people, uh, patients better that nobody else can get better. Because mm -hmm. we knew, again, they had, a, they had a, a different way of thinking that was different than this traditional way that was failing many patients. And we modeled our practice based off of all of the stuff that we have learned. Um, so we see, we see a wide variety of, of individuals and you know, our, our health uh, as I'm sure you know, Rita, as, as you preach, like on on your podcast, is like it's a it's a collection of all of the choices that we make in combination with certain aspects of our environment and how that interacts with our body's own unique physiology dictates where our health and well being is. You know, so yes. kind of well investing said. in our well body. said. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and in investing in ourselves, you know, what we're putting into our body, the time that we're spending on our body, all of the self-care, like that is, it's so greatly influential um, that I think is just not really being looked at. And again, mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it's not necessarily like the doctors, some people hear when I say this and they think I'm like anti-medication or I'm anti, 
surgery. I'm not there. There's medication isn't good or bad. It just is, you know, mm-hmm. but what I do have a problem with is, is those things being the only answer to thousands of different types of chronic related illness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I do have an issue with, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think, uh, that, that's why I'm so grateful for like people like yourself and, and, um, other healthcare providers, just getting people out there and, and, and sharing information that might be valuable in somebody's point in care. And if, 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 if one of your followers listens to this podcast, just one and gleams benefit from it and makes changes like that brings me so much joy <laughs> is being able to hear that I've helped someone that I haven't even met in person. Like that is something that gets me so freaking excited. And that's what it's about, you know? So what I wanted to share with, with everyone today is again, certain aspects of our circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. um, certain aspects of, of melatonin, how, uh, you know, that this, this, we've been getting melatonin all wrong. Okay. Mm. And I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit about that, yes. but, um, yeah, I'm ready to dive in when, when yes, you Yes, I, I love the controversy. Go ahead. <laughs> but maybe before we get into melatonin, let's start with the circadian rhythm. So for just sort of like the one-on-one, we did have a couple other guests. Actually, Rudy, the glasses that you're wearing, yeah, he yeah. was on the podcast and he talked a yeah. lot, as you may guess, about circadian rhythm and how this, it's this natural sleep-wake cycle. But go ahead and give us a little bit more background before we dive into how melatonin affects that. Yeah, so I'm sure Rudy did a really good job. I actually, um, these are these are the Swanwicks, but I have over oh, in the okay. other room a pair of the the Viva Rays. I'll have um, which are awesome because I can you you can swap out the, uh, yes, the different lenses exactly, on exactly the clip ons. Yes, yes. So the the biggest thing, so what it means, what circadian even means is is basically this this 24 hour cycle. You know, and I think what what people need to realize is that every single living creature on this planet has has evolved and has gotten very used to this Earth's rotation around the sun, as well as just the 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 general twenty four hour Earth's rotation. And um, we have everything here, whether it be plants, whether it be animals, whether it be humans has really adapted to that for really hundreds of thousands, millions, and billions of years. So when, when you look at like human physiology, one of, by far, one of the most powerful drivers of human physiology is light input. And let me, let me kind of rewind myself a little bit. When you look at all of the genes in our body, Mm-hmm. About 80% of our genes, 80% of our protein encoding genes follow a 24-hour rhythm. What this means is that if you, if you measure activity, and, and really all genes do is they, they encode for certain proteins. So when our mm-hmm. body wants to perform a certain function, that's what these genes do. And 80% of them follow a, a 24-hour rhythm. What this means is that if you measure activity, the activity levels of this, this gene, it's going gonna, it's gonna to vary wildly depending on the time of day, wildly. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, it that our physiology is, is drastically different, radically different from when we're asleep to when we're awake. Like Correct. those are two completely different physiologies. So um, like if I were to uh, snap my finger and immediately someone were to fall asleep, like we would probably freak out and, and call the ambulance, like what's going on? Because this guy 
it, it's it's so radically different, you know. So like our sleep, we're basically unconscious we're hallucinating you know we we get amnesia like we forget dreams and then you know all this stuff happens and then when we're awake that's so radically different so i think what people need to realize is that many of our body's organs many of our genes many of our homeostatic or regulatory processes follow this 24-hour rhythm. And it's so important um, that, you know, they can't see me right now, but it's so important for these circadian rhythms to be accentuated. Mm -hmm. Meaning what it means to be accentuated is, again, to simply put, when somebody, when it's time to go to sleep, somebody should have physiology that is deeply entrenched in sleep physiology, and they should have a nice, deep, restorative sleep. Mm -hmm. When somebody is awake, their physiology should be deeply entrenched in awake physiology and they should have energy. They should be alert. They should have focus. They should have all of these things. And when you look at circadian function, again, our body's physiology is radically different. Um, and a lot of that circadian physiology is being driven by light. So mm. when I was doing more and more of this research, I'm like, holy crap, like, probably this probably takes a very close second if not surpasses what we eat in terms of playing a huge role mm. in our health and well-being and not teaching this to people and not actually really getting involved with this in, in my patients is really doing people a disservice and mm. what i'm finding today is that our modern lifestyles are a huge, huge, they are just completely trashing our circadian rhythm. Sabotaging 110%. Yes, I'm with you, Scott. I call it light nutrition. It is. It's, it really a, is. it's a type of nutrition for sure. It really is, you know? So it's, it's, it's so, so, so important. And having healthy circadian rhythms is like, it, it's, so, let's just put it this way. Some of the hardest patients I've had were patients who have had like shift work, you know, or patients where their, their circadian rhythm is, is really blunted. And I, I don't think that people know the extent of how much of a role this plays in, and not just our physiology, but like now it's spilling over into other animals. Like, mm. I don't know if you've ever seen like those nature documentaries, like it's so sad, like those sea turtles are like climbing towards streetlights, you know, because mm. they think it's like the moon. Um, because again, their physiology is really driven mm. predominantly by light. So, mm -hmm. um, rewinding myself a little bit, you know, like our gut functions very different depending on time of day, our energy is very different depending on time of day, you know, mm -hmm. our hormones are very different. Our immune system is very different, all of that. So paying respect on things that drive circadian cues. And again, you've had previous guests that have really dived into that. I, I think is, is so very important. We can talk mm -hmm. a little bit about how to modulate that. Talk I would love about, to. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Especially the different systems would be interesting. Yeah. And talk about um, melatonin's role in that, but almost. So when we look at melatonin, one thing that I, I really want to uh, get across is probably the, probably the least important thing that melatonin does is help us sleep. Wow. And that's what it's known for. That's yeah. the popularity of melatonin. So yes, exactly. Huh, so, interesting. And yes, I'm, I'm curious too, what led you to the rabbit hole of melatonin, right? You know, I actually, I don't know, to be honest, I, I think it was, it was one of these things where um, 
pretty much on a daily basis is I'm, I'm trying to learn, I'm trying to grow, I'm trying to think of things that I can teach individuals. And, you know, somewhere I had stumbled across just melatonin research. And it's funny because when, when you look at uh, like a Google Scholar search of, of melatonin, like half of the research is like based on, on animals and humans. And then the other half is based on, on plants. So uh, a really interesting thing that I think people need to realize is that uh, melatonin, the, the, the structure of it has been really unchanged for the last 3.5 billion years. Wow. So, yeah. And uh, if there's one thing that I know about nature, Rita, is that nature really doesn't make mistakes, yeah. you know? So something that has been around for that long and has been unchanged probably has a really important role in life in general, you mm -hmm. know? So when you, when you look at melatonin, uh, melatonin has been found, it really has been found in every living thing that contains either a chloroplast, which is like a plant mm -hmm. or a mitochondria, which you'll see in, in animals. And it's the energy centers of the, either the plant or the, yes. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's important to know, you know, and, and again, uh, Mitochondrial health is, you know, it's a topic for, for another time that, mm. that we could potentially delve into, but they're super important, you know, in, in giving us energy and making mm. cells and, and uh, regulating a lot of our, our body. But when you look at melatonin, um, uh, really melatonin, what it serves best for is, is nature's antioxidant, okay, mm. even above sleep. So it, it really has, has remained unchanged for all of these years. And when you look at it, when you look at a lot of the research, uh, what's funny is, is in humans, it's like, or I should say in animals, the, the research kind of points that melatonin release for the longest time up until recently um, is highest at night. Okay. But when you look at plants, plants, uh, their melatonin production is highest during the day. And I'm like, that's really interesting that it's, it's very mm -hmm. opposite in, in humans and plants. Um, but uh, there's a reason for that. And the reason is, is, is basically it's not opposite. Um, human beings, we actually produce quite a bit of it during the day. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this, I, I think, is, is so, so, so important. Because when you look at, when you look at the research in, in melatonin, for the longest time in animals, the only way that we, we would be able to measure melatonin is through like taking blood samples. Mm -hmm. So this leads me to a, a really important point is there's, there's really two types of, of melatonin. One is circulatory melatonin. This is the melatonin that everybody kind of knows of. It's, it's released for, uh, from this area of our brain called the pineal gland. Okay. And the pineal gland will release this melatonin. And again, melatonin is, is for the longest time thought to be the hormone of darkness, meaning you remove the light, all of a sudden, you know, your brain senses that it releases all of this melatonin and it helps you fall asleep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And again, that, that is, that is a role and it, it does play an important role, but that is like, it is, uh, it is such mm -hmm. a tiny role and wow. I'll get into that, but this is a, a really important point. Two points of uh, two different types of melatonin. Circulatory melatonin is the one that is released from our pineal gland. It's the one that probably all of your listeners are familiar with. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I know up until probably a few months ago, that was the one that I was most familiar with too. Um, but this only accounts for around 2% 
of all of our body's melatonin production. So when you look at it, Wow. Sorry. So the the circulatory one is the one that we take um, exogenously, right? When we, most of us have taken it in the past, I'm sure I've tried it. Okay. So it's that one. Okay. Yeah. So, well, when you know what it's, so it's not just that, but circulatory melatonin is the one that our pineal gland releases. Okay. And then it it gets released into our our CSF, which is like our our brain fluid. Mm -hmm. And then it also gets released into circulation, our blood system as well. So when you take it exogenously, like in, in a supplement, Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to, that's going to be a part of that circulatory melatonin because you're going to absorb it right through your gut. It's yeah. going to, it's going to raise inside of the bloodstream. That's going to, that's going to join part of that circulatory melatonin. Okay. So, so for the longest time in animals, when scientists were studying melatonin, they were doing it through blood samples. So what they were doing is they were looking only at like 2% of all of our body's melatonin production. There is uh a little bit more recent research showing the second type of melatonin accounts for about 98% of our body's total melatonin production. And this 98% comes in the form, they call it subcellular melatonin. And this subcellular melatonin, it's made inside of every Mm -hmm. single one of our cells. Okay. So Mm -hmm. it's actually, it's produced there and it has what we call this autocrine effect. Autocrine meaning the hormone that's produced gets used up locally. Okay. Okay. So through advances of, of ways that we can measure things, we're finding this subcellular melatonin accounts for the majority of our body's melatonin production. So this is, it's, uh, it's completely different than the circulatory melatonin. And we actually get the majority of this melatonin production during broad daylight. Mm. if we're outside absorbing the sun's rays that's it absolutely Mm. so when when we look at uh melatonin like what it does i've got this big list on on the side of my screen i'm going to rapid fire that off a lot of that has to relate to not all of it but a lot of that relates to melatonin's effect on the actual cells itself so I'll, i'll talk about this and then we can talk about um well how do we get more of both of these kinds of melatonin um, because they're they're super important for how we feel naturally through nutrition and a holistic um, lifestyle. Right. So that's what you're going to be sharing with us. Okay, cool. So just to sort of go back, it's a hormone and it's, mm -hmm. we produce it Mm -hmm. and it's produced by the pineal gland, but it does have precursors. If I remember my biochem class, tryptophan for sure turns to serotonin and then serotonin will turn to melatonin. So it does have these, precursors which is basically protein from a nutrition nutritional perspective and so and yeah so i think i've covered the basis of uh, sort of the melatonin 101 exactly what it is right yeah and like 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 you like you said it's a hormone um and again it it is released from the pineal gland but that's only two percent of it it's Ah. released by remember it's released by so every single living thing that has a chloroplast which is all plants yeah and has mitochondria which is all all, yeah. all animal all living yeah all animals mm-hmm. you know can they have the ability to be able to produce it right in those those organelles of the cells yeah the local so, organelles okay yeah. yes so why is melatonin important besides sleep and again melatonin is to sleep is like the the guy with the firing gun at the start of a race 
So melatonin, when it gets released, it, it really starts that whole sleep cascade that our brain does. Okay. So, which, um, is, which is what I'm actually intrigued to know now. <laughs> so when, um, when you look at our brain, our brain has to like fall into sleep, you okay. know? So there, there are certain things that our brain has to shut off uh-huh. and certain things that our brain has to turn on. So it's not like our brain flips the switch, melatonin floods our brain and melatonin and only melatonin is the thing that helps us sleep. Mm. melatonin what it's really important for remember melatonin follows this circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. so once you know once the sun goes down from a pineal standpoint our brain will start releasing some of this melatonin circulatory melatonin that small amount and that primes our brain to start sleeping now there's there's a whole host of of mechanisms that turn on and off like our our brain is going to uh, you know, keep on some of our more vital brainstem centers. It's going to increase certain neurotransmitters like GABA and serotonin. It's going to shut down our frontal lobe, you know, so okay. we, we, that we fall into sleep. It's not like this, you know, this snap mm. and, you know, everything happens like things have to things, this cascade has to start melatonin kind of starts that. Mm. Okay. Um, but it's, it's sleep is not just purely driven by that but melatonin again it's it's like the guy with the firing gun he like starts it. the race and everything yes out. i you love know? that analogy is that why we get groggy when we take it like when i take it then when i used to take it before obviously i i knew about like the side effects of exogenously taking it but i would feel so groggy the next day I w- it was not like yes i fell asleep and i slept but the next day you feel horrible <laughs> Yeah. So for, for some people, um, they can feel that way because a lot of the times when people take it exogenously, okay. And, and for the most part, it's, it's not something that I would recommend, but Mm -hmm. when you look at a lot of the research, it it is relatively safe. Um, the only thing really the, the, the people that I would probably maybe stray away from, uh, the only thing that it, it can potentially interfere with sometimes is, is, uh, critical times where there are changes in reproductive hormones. So um, it it has the ability to mildly modulate that. Um, So like in kids or teenagers, you know, people who are going through puberty is super important, but even then, so that the safety profile is pretty safe. That Mm -hmm. being said, um, you know, true health comes from the skills that we learn, not the the pills that we take. I love it. Yes, exactly. So, and you know so, what? Yeah. I'm, I'm against if your body makes it naturally, let it make it naturally. Also, you'll probably get lazy and be like, no, it's okay. I'm getting it exogenously. I don't need to work on, on making it happen. So um, that's why I stopped taking it, actually. The closer, the closer we can, let's just put it this way, the, the healthier of a lifestyle that we're living, mm-hmm. you know, that that's going to be best from our body because that's what our body is kind of born to do. And the moment exactly. we start to kind of add things mm-hmm. and, and subtract things, um, again, it's not that these things are bad. It's just that we're, we're kind of pushing or, or, or kind of not, not following what our body should be doing. Yes. That makes sense. I love know? that. Yes. So I'm okay, um, going to fire off this list. <laughs> yes, so, but I want to answer your question. Um, why, why some people might feel groggy is again, that they might have like super physiologic levels of, of melatonin. Again, melatonin being the one that sets that evening circadian rhythm, it sets that sleep cascade. So like, you know, if, if you take that guy with the fire, the firing 
gun at the beginning of the race and is just constantly like like firing the gun like people are going to get confused and our brain might do a a very similar thing from that standpoint and then you feel the next day (gasps) that is crazy okay i knew it wasn't a good thing (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah so on top of that remember you know what i said earlier is melatonin uh, probably the least important thing is start the sleep cascade okay Mm. the um so on top of circadian rhythms, melatonin, just like we talked before, it is, a, it is a hugely potent antioxidant. And what's really interesting about melatonin is that it does a couple of things is, is one, when our body, so when you, when you think of like antioxidants, a lot of people think of like, you know, vitamins like vitamin C, vitamin glutathione. A, vitamin C. Yeah. And glutathione, which is a super important one, mm. glutathione being outside of this list. When we talk about like vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E, a lot of these, once they're used up, like once they, uh, once they quelch like free radicals or pro-oxidants, um, they have to kind of like reload and Mm -hmm. melatonin. What's interesting is once it, once it quelches like these, these pro-oxidants and it starts to metabolize itself, its metabolites are almost equally as important or, or equally as potent if not more potent antioxidant than melatonin itself. So it's like this kind of this, uh, this way that our cells can use to like almost rinse off and, mm-hmm. and reduce a lot of these, these free radicals or pro-oxidants that can damage our cells. Now, the other interesting thing that it does from an antioxidant standpoint is it triggers the release. It upregulates other very powerful antioxidants. One of them that you just said right there, like glutathione. Mm. So melatonin is important for that. It helps aid in immune system function. Um, so it's hugely anti-carcinogenic. So it's, it's really interesting when you do a lot of research on melatonin. Um, I told you, you know, there's a good amount on humans. There's mm-hmm. a good amount on plants. And I would say probably at least a third, if not half of the research that I saw, like the current research of melatonin, it's, it's all like in, in oncology and cancer journals. Um, so one of the things that melatonin does is it, it, greatly upregulates a specific cell called natural killer cell. And yeah, these natural killer cells, what what they do is they, they help get rid of a lot of things, viruses, but one of them is, is cancer cells. So the the crazy thing is that uh, inside my body and your body and everybody else's body right now, we we have, uh, it's scary to think about. We have, we have thousands of cancerous cells, thousands. And, but our body's immune system should be able to recognize these and say, okay, something's not right here, you mm-hmm. know, and actually escort the cell out of the body, destroy the cell, escort the cell before it can start replicating and creating tumors and natural killer cells are really important for that. Melatonin actually helps promote that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you look at it, it's, you know, really important from a, from an, uh, anti-carcinogenic or anti-cancer mm-hmm. standpoint. Um, a lot of the research I was, I was seeing was on the, uh, the HER2 type uh, breast cancer, which is a, a nasty type of breast cancer, um, but it helps. Uh, it's very neuroprotective. So uh, it helps with beta amyloid clearance and it dampens a specific immune system cell in the brain called our glial cell uh, mm-hmm. or microglia helps with metabolic syndrome, things like insulin resistance things like, uh, like weight loss and even in diabetes, because it's, it's diabetics, their, their pancreatic beta cells are under a lot of fire. Um, it helps spare those cells. Melatonin helps promote the, the formation of stem cells. It actually, it helps protect our eyes from a skin standpoint, uh, protects our skin from UV damage, promotes hair growth, 
Mm. helps with collagen cartilage synthesis, regulates gut motility, intestinal inflammation, ulcer and wound healing. Uh, some evidence, I actually saw a couple of studies show that it, it it's actually somewhat preventative in dental caries or, or cavities. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. It helps with, uh, inhibits osteoclast activity. So inside of our bone, there are, there are two different types of cells. Osteoclast kind of destroy bone and osteoblast build bone. And they're in this constant tug of war match to remodel the bone so it's stronger. But if you have too much of those osteoclasts, which destroy and, and deteriorate bone, if you have too much activity of that, that can cause like osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. So melatonin inhibits wow. osteoclast activity um, and it helps influence mood. So you look at all of these things, it's like it is so radically important, you know, beyond again, sleep, <laughs> wow. so much beyond sleep, mm-hmm. so much beyond sleep. Um, and again, if somebody wants to like really kind of tap into their melatonin production, the peak amount of mel- melatonin production is going to occur in broad daylight. Okay. okay. So important to be able to, to take that home because again, a lot of the studies are measuring melatonin in circulation, mm. which is a 2%. And that yeah. is, it comes at night, you know? So all of this, the, the, the benefits of melatonin actually occurs um, from peak daylight and and how do we get that? Well, that's why that's what I wanted to share. Yeah. Uh, next. So, so let's get to it. Yes, I'm excited now. All right. I can probably guess what uh, the number one, but yeah, let's do a bit of a countdown, maybe. <laughs> so I mean, so in order for me to explain this, um, yes. one of the things that I, that I need to explain is is really like how the light spectrum works. Okay. Okay. So we, we originally started this conversation of, uh, circadian rhythms. Light is a huge, powerful driver of circadian physiology and light is a huge, powerful driver of melatonin physiology because melatonin, uh, is by definition, very circadian. Okay. So when we talk about, uh, the light spectrum and for those of you who don't know the, the light spectrum is, is, all of the light that the sun emits. So the, the sun emits a, a massive amount of energy that is just constantly dumping onto us. Okay. And I think we're really like neglecting that. Like we can really harness that power mm-hmm. and, and utilize that. I think we're just like, it's like giving us cash and we're not like doing anything with it. You know? <laughs> so, so, um, but when we talk about the light spectrum, there's a part of the light spectrum that we can actually see. I mean, it's a very, very tiny part of the light spectrum. And these are like all of the colors mm-hmm. that we can see. So kind of to bring us back to like kindergarten, it's that whole like rainbow, the Roy G. Biv aspect of that. And when you look at the ends of the, the actual color spectrums that we can see, there, there's two kind of wavelengths that occur outside of what we can actually, what our eyes or our retinas pick up. And on the... Uh, Above the violet end, we call that ultraviolet, and that still provides a lot of energy, even though that we can't see it. And then below the red portion of the visible spectrum, that's what we call infrared. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you look at the, the sun's energy, about 70% of the total solar spectrum, like from a photochemistry standpoint, um, 70% of, of the, the photons that the sun releases is in the form of near infrared 
Mm. Okay. And, and near infrared is, is super important mm. for, e- even though we can't see it, this is the thing that really massively upregulates subcellular. Again, 98% of, of our body's melatonin, melatonin production is, it, yeah, yeah, mm. melatonin production occurs inside of the cell that is massively upregulated by near infrared. So, and sorry, sorry to the, interrupt you. The sun is mostly in that um, infrared the entire day, or what? What times? Or is it strongest? Yeah, so it, it's going to be strongest um, midday, just midday. like anything. Okay. Yeah. So anything. Uh, think about it like this, you know. So the sun emits a ton of energy. Um, you're going to see you can see by how bright and how dark things are mm-hmm. about how much light is hitting, hitting the earth. Again, that is in the visible waveform, but just like that, it, it's going to be pelting us with that near infrared midday. And the ultraviolet on the other side. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly infrared. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. And, and, yes. Yeah. So uh, an ultraviolet, ultraviolet, sorry, does play a big role in, in a lot of different things too. That's the thing that creates vitamin D. So UVB. Okay, helps create that. UVA is is a little bit more oxidizing. That's the thing that that can cause mm-hmm. um, skin damage and sunburns and those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but near near infrared is is the mm-hmm. is the one that is really upregulates the the subcellular melatonin production. So one of the best things that you can do to really enhance all of the benefits that melatonin does, just to get outside. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Get outside. Like if we can, if we could just boil this, this episode (laughs) into one thing is like, get outside. Yes. So simple. So So simple. Because mother nature is simple. It's not, she's not complicated. She is, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, people, people view like health and well-being as like this, this big complex thing. And it can be, you know, our body's physiology is super complex, but like sometimes you just got to view it as, is my living in congruence with what a healthy human should be doing or am I not, mm-hmm. you know? And if mm-hmm. I'm not, then after a while symptoms will present and, and that's our body's way of letting us know, like, okay, you, you need to be doing something, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, so getting outside multiple times a day is is super important from mm-hmm. that standpoint. Now, what's really interesting too is when when you look at near infrared, um, this is something. So this is one of the things where if you're outside and you feel the warmth of the sun on your back, like a part of that is the near infrared mm-hmm. that you're feeling. So that okay, is actually that near, near infrared uh, uh, radiation that upregulates the intracellular melatonin that really helps with all of those things that we were t- talking about before. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to uh, intensity of light, because the intensity of light really drives a lot of these processes too. Um, when it comes to that, the, the intensity of light is super important. And to give people an idea, like intensity of light is measured uh, in the form of, of something called LUX, Lux. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to give you guys an idea, uh, like a level of, of one Lux, I actually forget the, the actual definition, but I, I want to say it's, it's the amount of, of brightness a candle emits on a one by one meter board that's one meter away from it. So you can, you can imagine kind of the intensity of, of one Lux. It's, it's not very intense. Okay. Um, but, and let me rewind myself too. So 
before I start talking about this, when it comes to both intracellular melatonin production and our circadian rhythms, there is a, a, a patch of neurons in the back of our eyes that process what we call non-visual information. So again, mm. visual information is all the stuff I can see. I can see you mm. on my screen. I can see my camera. I can see like by, you know, my microphone. Uh, this is all, it's, that's being projected to different areas of our brain, like our occipital lobe. And, and that relays information to different areas. But there's a patch of neurons in, in the, the bottom portion of our retina. Mm -hmm. And this is really important because the, the bottom portion of our retina receives information from the top part of our visual field. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like the sky. All right. But the, this bottom portion of our retina, there, there's a group of neurons, really long name called the uh, intrinsically photosensitive retinal ganglion cells. And you can imagine these have to experience a certain amount of light intensity to fire and send information up to the brain. So almost like a, like a sci-fi laser, like the sci-fi laser has to like charge up. That's the mm. same thing with <laughs> these. So these have to have a certain amount of, of lux or light intensity before they fire off and they relay information, non-visual information to our brain. To our brain. Okay. And I'll, I'm going to so, explain two really, two yes, really important areas. In terms of non-visual, uh, what does that mean? I'm still trying to get my head around that. Yeah. So non-visual information. Um, so one of them, so again, these have to charge up and I'll get to like lux intensity because that's so important to get these guys to fire. Uh, these have to charge up and they relay information to, to a couple different areas. Um, one of them is, is called our, our SCN, our suprachiasmatic nucleus. And that is a, that's a part of this area of our brain called our hypothalamus. Mm -hmm. Our hypothalamus is uh, intimately connected to this area called our, our pituitary, as well as other areas. Um, and Important you can think for of the this, endocrine system, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can think of our hypothalamus is like it, it regulates a lot of uh, homeostatic function. So it, it plays mm -hmm. a, a big role in hormonal regulation. Mm -hmm. It plays a big role in uh, circadian timing. Mm -hmm. Okay. It plays a big role in our appetite. Um, our metabolism, our body temperature, all of those types of things. But when we're talking about a circadian standpoint, this SCN is like the clock. Okay. So it's like the clock that, that sets the circadian tone throughout the day. And this is so important because when you look at human physiology, if you remove all of these external cues, light, temperature, meal timing, which help entrench circadian rhythms, Human, human beings, we actually don't follow a 24-hour cycle. It's, a, it's actually a little bit longer than that. It's like 24 hours and 15 minutes, 24 hours, 30 minutes. And what this means clinically is every single day, you should be doing things that set that circadian rhythm. Mm. And one of these is really sending information to this SCN, letting you know, okay, it's morning. Mm -hmm. So this, this SCN is one of those areas. And it, it's, it's beneficial for people if they want to set their circadian rhythm to get broad spectrum daylight on the face early, earliest in, in the morning. Mm -hmm. okay. so avoid um, looking at your phone, just get outside and get yeah as much in your face. So it has to, um, it's your eye receptors, right? They need to actually see that. So no sunglasses. 
And yes. it's mostly, oh God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, um, let me be clear here. Like you don't want to sit and stare at the sun, you know? Mm-hmm. So I always tell people like, just have your face pointing towards the sun. Yeah, so you go see the for sun a walk. Your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it, you know? So that's, that's one of the areas. And, and that, that becomes really important because this is kind of the timer of the day. So um, mm. getting, getting odd spectrum sunlight on your face first thing in the morning, actually over time, if people do this religiously, really helps with sleep. Like it really helps entrench sleep physiology. Um, so that's, that's one of the areas that these, these neurons in our retina send non-visual information. Okay. okay. Um, and again, it does that through light that we don't necessarily see in our visual field. The other area, um, which I know was actually talked about in the, uh, in the other circadian uh, podcast, is there's this other area that these, these neurons from a retina project to. And there, there's two areas. One of them is called the, the uh, lateral habenula. And then the other is called the perihabenular nucleus. And what these are, are really important in, these are really important. So these nuclei right here, when they're active, they actually inhibit all of our feel-good neurotransmitters. Mm. So they connect to other areas of our brain. One of them is, is uh, called the, the, the ventral tegmental area. That, that becomes a big role uh, in dopamine production. The other is, is the uh, raphe nucleus. Um, and this plays a big role in serotonin production. Mm. So dopamine... Um, I like to think of it as like kind of the, the motivation, anticipation, like seeking reward neurotransmitter. Mm-hmm. And then serotonin, serotonin um, does interesting things. It's, it's kind of like the, like the, just like chill out yeah. neurotransmitter. So the it, happy hormone. <laughs> it does, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting though. And not, not in a sense of it, it, it helps us feel happy in a sense of it's, it has good mood stabilizing. Effects. Yeah, exactly. So it can really help get people from a deep depression to kind of a, a lesser, you know, and, and people who are super anxious, it can help kind of level things out. So it's, it, to me, it's kind of like this, this blissful, like chill out, like relax kind of neurotransmitter. So this, the, the, the lateral habenula and the perihabenular nucleus, these, these all, they inhibit these neurotransmitters. And then the, the last one that it does is comes from the locus ceruleus. And this is a, it's a neurotransmitter or it's a, it's a nucleus that secretes something called norepinephrine. Mm-hmm. And norepinephrine really helps drive alertness and focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and these, these habenular nuclei, they inhibit those. So they, they keep them on, they just like stop them. Okay. Now what's interesting is light that comes and hits our eyes. And again, you have to have enough of it will actually go and travel to these habenular nuclei and it, and it shuts them off. And again, why that is good is now we're shutting off the constant suppression of these neurotransmitters and we can start flooding our brain with these happy, feel good neurotransmitters. And, and that's, it's one of the reasons why people uh, will get like, there's such thing as like seasonal effective. You know, mm-hmm, uh, because people are getting, yeah. yeah, not getting mm-hmm. enough light. It's, uh, and it's really interesting too. When you do like, uh, when you look at the research on, on autopsies and people that, uh, pass away in, in, uh, summer months, their brain has much more serotonin, 
uh, metabolites mm-hmm. than people who pass away in winter months. Mm-hmm. So, so getting, getting these neurons in our retina to fire are so important for setting the circadian rhythm throughout the day. Okay. And it's also really important for mood, uh, mood generation. Now, one thing that I wanted to mention is in order to get these neurons in your retina to, to fire, to, to actually send non-visual information to these areas to set your circadian rhythm, to help with mood, focus, and, and behavior, you have to reach a certain intensity of light. And that's where these lux come really important. So these lux, again, like a candle is like around one lux and a well-lit room. So you, your, your viewers can't see this, but I'm in a pretty well-lit room right now. There's mm-hmm. ways you can actually measure this on, there's apps you can measure this on your phone. Really? Light meter. Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, you can, you can see, uh, and like a very well-lit living, living room mm-hmm. has, a, has an intensity, a lux of about 50, okay? Now, to give you an idea of how drastically low that is on a very dark, stormy, cloudy day, the intensity of lux on that is about 20 times wow. the amount of in a very brightly lit living room, yeah. you know? So even, even people, they might think they're getting light, you know, cause they're, they're by a window or these yeah. types of things. It's not as much as getting outside. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're outside on a sunny day, okay. On a sunny day, like in the shade, it can vary from, 6,000 to 20,000 lux. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in direct sunlight, uh, it, it can go as high as like 130,000 lux. Mm-hmm. So, again, why are these important? Because the more intensity hits these, these uh, neurons in our retina, the more it's sending information to these areas of our brain that help with our circadian rhythm, Correct. that yes. help with our mood. And the intensity of the, the, the near infrared, which is it's different than Lux, but the, the intensity of that is all going to upregulate intracellular melatonin and all kind of works together. Amazing. I love that, Scott. Yes. That, <laughs> you really geeked out on the research and the science and I'm just loving it. I'm it, all over it. So yeah. So it's, it's um, I love it. Yes. So is there a specific um, amount of time or uh, I mean, with vitamin D, of course, there, actually, I was thinking, do you know there's an app called D uh, Minder? No, I don't. Actually. So it actually, like you put in where you are, so your location, and then uh, how much clothes you're wearing when you're exposed to the actual vitamin D. And yeah. then it'll actually time you saying that, okay, after, and then what sort of a skin um, tone you have. And then it'll sort of calculate some sort of AI. And it'll say that, okay, after for me, for example, after 35 minutes in a certain location, when I was in, back in Dubai, I would use it. And then it kind of beeps telling you, all right. Yes, enough vitamin D. It's about 5,000 IUs. So I would also mm. regulate my, my supplementation. So I wouldn't need as much because I'm actually getting it from the sun. And then it would tell you, yeah, after 20 minutes, that's it. Like get out of the sun or 30 minutes, wherever, depending on where you are in your skin tone. And you would obviously start burning after that. I wonder if there's something similar with melatonin. You know, I don't know. I mean, that, that sounds really cool. I, I think yeah, that this is going to be one of those. Yeah, D-Minder. Mm-hmm. I'll actually look that up. Um, but yeah, you know, for me, I'm just like super nerdy. I'll pull out that light meter app and I'll like get an idea of, uh, okay, like, where is this at? You know? And, and really if you're out in broad sunlight, 
and you want to get the circadian benefits of it. This is this is not including the melatonin, the melatonin producing benefits, but the circadian mm-hmm. is if it's if it's broad daylight and sun hits your face, um, all you really need is like a few minutes of it. Mm-hmm. You know, now if you spend more time out there, it, it'll you'll probably get some benefit of that. But if you're in broad broad daylight, like all you need is like a few minutes. And again, you want to do that early on in the day. Mm-hmm. Early on in the day is so mm-hmm. important. Okay. So, um, okay. For the melatonin, because there's also the research saying that yes, a first morning um, sun exposure, but as well as at dusk. So, when the sun's about to set, is that yeah. also involved? Is melatonin production involved there too or not? So, so no, you're, you're right with that, with that second part. So, um, first, first morning sunlight is going to be really important for setting the circadian rhythm, but sunlight during midday is going to be hugely important for that's when it's strongest mm-hmm. that's when it's really going to be driving the the cellular melatonin the lux. at night yeah the, the it's all about the near infrared for melatonin and the lux for all of the mood the the, the mood benefits Got all it. about the lux um yeah the so at night when when the sun starts to set you know uh, again that sun being in the upper part of our visual field is gonna it's gonna be uh relay information to those neurons in our retina. And again, if, if you, if you see that, um, as the sun kind of transitions down is not only are you reducing light intensity. Okay. But you're also, as the sun sets, like what color does the sky typically change? Mm-hmm, like the orangey reds. And- yeah. Orangey red hues, yeah. like these orangey red hues are things that kind of trigger our brain of like, okay, sun setting, mm. um, let's start priming stuff for, the evening because those, those neurons in the back of our retina are very, very sensitive. Uh, it's like, they're not very sensitive during the day, but at night they're super sensitive mm-hmm. to like small amounts of light. Mm-hmm. So w- when you look at like humans today, again, going back to the, the well-lit living, living room is they feel like it's like people today are not getting enough light during the day and they're getting way too much light in the evening, you know, because when, when lux intensity should really be at like, one at night we've got screens we've got phones we've got all of these things that are really greatly changing our body's circadian clock and, and even if people are like well i look at my screens and i can still fall asleep you're still okay. suppressing melatonin yeah. production to almost nothing and even if you can fall asleep again because melatonin is not the only thing for sleep you're not getting all of that restorative action from a a brain standpoint that melatonin mm-hmm. does if that exactly. makes sense yeah i know for sure you're not optimizing the sleep, right? You're not, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, 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 uh, it's crazy. Just kind of what, what, how far modern lifestyle is getting from, from what actually promotes health and well-being. You know, I I was joking. I I was talking with, uh, you know, buddy, uh, a few weeks ago about this and, and, uh, I'm like, I swear you could have taken like a, like, I don't know, like a jester, like somebody who didn't really know a whole lot, like thousands of years ago and brought them in today's, today's day and age. And they probably could have been like, they, they probably could have told people like, well, holy crap. Like you're, you're, you have, you're not outside. Like there's too little light during the day. You have all of these things like 
pushing light on your face at night. There's a plethora of food that I have never even seen of. Like you're spending time away from your family. You're sitting in front of these 2D things all day long and your work, work, work all day long. And you're wondering why your body is breaking down. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or you're not happy. Or yeah. yeah. Like, cause it's just like, I don't know. Like it's, I feel like it's so radically different, yeah. you know? And, and just mm-hmm. like you said, uh, nature is simple. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. some of the most profound healing aspects is, is we just need to tap into a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I love it. I agree. I agree. So then the number one way to increase that melatonin production or at least support it and support it is get outside. <laughs> yeah. So again, we're, we're talking about the two, the two different types. The so two different types. Yeah. yeah if, if you want more circulatory melatonin this is again this is the firing gun that that primes our body for the nighttime part of our circadian rhythm that is removing as much light in the evening if you can Mm -hmm. now if you can't do that because there are times like it's tough in modern lifestyle to completely get rid of like screens and whatnot Mm -hmm. those little those little neurons in our retina are very sensitive to blue light. So that's where like things like Aviva rays or mm-hmm. things like blue blocking, blue blocking glasses, glasses yeah. can be great at, at minimizing that. Okay. Um, so that is how you can get a ton of mel- melatonin production at night. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the, the other thing that's really important is again, 98% of our melatonin happens during the day and that's getting outside. Yeah. So and one thing I should mention too is sunlight because it drives serotonin production getting outside throughout the day. Again, just like I always said, most people who die in, in the summer months will have more serotonin, serotonin metabolites in their brain than people who die in the winter serotonin as it's building up, as it's building up by getting outside during the day, serotonin, just like you said, it's a precursor to melatonin. So during the day, if you're getting sunlight, you're driving not only feel-good neurotransmitters, serotonin buildup in our brain. Mm-hmm. Now there's all the serotonin and you cut that light and serotonin is going to have no place to go other than melatonin. Yes. So driving, driving melatonin production at night is kind of a combination of removing the light at night, getting tons of light in the morning, sorry, throughout the day. If you wanted to set your circadian clock in the morning, that's where morning sunlight would be beneficial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So simple. I love it. It so is. So simple. I love it. It I love is. It. And, and, and like free. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> Just get out there. And then I there. love habit stacking. So yes, I'd probably combine it with some sort of maybe walk or, or workout or yoga, do something outside, weather permitting, right? Especially if you're somewhere where it's always beautiful weather, get out there. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and people, it's important for people to know, because you might have listeners that might I don't know, live in Washington or whatever, where it's like, where it's super rainy. Um, and you can still get some of the benefits of the circadian benefits of light, like even with the happy lamp. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like the happy lamp, you're not going to be getting the near infrared that the sun gives off. Okay. Um, but the happy lamp still can provide enough lux intensity. So if you do that in the morning, that can help set that circadian clock, but it can also help drive serotonin. So people who um, might be like, well, it's not, we don't get a whole lot of sun here is one, even on a cloudy day, you're getting a ton yeah, of, of intensity sure. of that. And you are, you are still getting near infrared. It still passes through. 
Um, mm-hmm. But you can use things like happy lamps if that becomes uh, an issue for you as well. Okay, beautiful. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And um, so in terms of what is the most common advice, and it's probably this one that you give your patients. I'm so, curious. Yeah, so... I guess it I depends say, on the area too, right? That they're yeah, coming in for. So are you saying that the, the general advice that I give mm-hmm. to my patients, uh, regardless or in this context of, of circadian rhythm? Let's, let's talk in this context of okay. uh, circadian regulation. Yeah. So in the context of, of circadian regulation, be all the stuff that I uh, had mentioned, you know, is, is making sure we're reducing screen time at night. Mm-hmm. If we can't do that, probably next best thing is dimming as many lights as we can. Mm. Um, and, and then also, or wearing blue blocking glasses. Mm-hmm. And then first thing in the morning, try and get broad spectrum sunlight on your face. That's outside, not through a window. Cause there's a lot of uh, energy efficient windows that will block out the, the near infrared. Okay. Um, and then get outside like multiple times during the day. Mm. I think that that's, so important. Like even if it's five, 10 minutes, like multiple times throughout the day, you're going to feel better. Yeah, you're going to feel better doing sure. it. For sure. Well, thank you for summarizing this beautiful conversation. That's amazing. Thank yeah. you. So yeah, um, a little bit about you now in terms of what was the best advice that you've ever been given? I sort of still live by. Yeah, that is a really good question. <laughs> um, let me let me think about that. I think the thing that I think is, is probably coming to mind most is, um, I don't know, something that's just resonating right now is, is just be kind to people, you know, and, and we, we, we are all in this to help each other out. You know, I think in, in today's day and age where there's so much, uh, there's so much emotion, you know, and I think it's, it's a part of it is, 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 uh, compassion, a part of it might be compassion kind of misdirected and, and hostility. I, I think, you know, um, human beings, we're, we're meant to help each other out. We, we can't really mm-hmm. go through this alone. And, and um, just to treat people with, with kindness from that standpoint, I think is, is resonates with me. And it's, it's been something that uh, I try and do as, as a doctor as well, you know? Oh, that's beautiful. Something simple. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And um, what was the most influential book that uh, you have read? So I'm compiling so, um, some recommended books at the end of the, the season. So yeah, it's always nice to hear what people have, uh, are regarding as influential. So it's really, really nice to share. Yes. So this is, uh, again, I, I had seen this one uh, and it's tough to me that this question is almost like, what's your favorite song? Because it's going to vary depending on where I'm at in my life. You know, um, the, the I would say one that I'm currently reading that I'm, I'm really enjoying, um, uh, especially for, for patients that uh, have trauma and emotional healing. Um, the lady, I think Eileen Laird is her name. She's the one who uh, founded the website healing or sorry, a Phoenix, Phoenix Helix is her website. Um, she has autoimmunity and one up. She has a, a, a wonderfully written book, very concise on multiple different, uh, like self care, mental self care methods that people who want to 
kind of enhance this mind body connection can do. And the, the book name is called Healing Mindset. Um, mm. So I've been I've been listening to that one uh, on my morning walks, and uh, it's been interesting. It's it's been one where she beautifully summarizes things, and it's nice because it's she writes it in a way that uh, the chapters are like each different things that you can do. So you, you had mentioned habit stacking and, you know, you yeah. can kind of insert these in, in different aspects of your day to be well-rounded. I think that emotional aspect of healing is, is often neglected and very important. Mm, I love that healing mindset, healing mindset. Check it out. Thank you. <laughs> so what are your top three non-negotiable self-care habits? Yeah, this is a, this is a great question as well. Um, and again, just off of the top of my head. So number one is uh, getting to bed early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I feel like I feel like uh, yep. if I don't do that, like it, it just I'm like ruined. The Why day is after. it me too? Why is it such a struggle? It's like you know that past ten o'clock, you are gonna have a shitty night's sleep, <laughs> and you're gonna have a, a horrible morning. But you just. <sighs> You're like staying up. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that, I'm with you on that. That I, I think is is by far uh, number one. And again, we talked about things that I, I some things that I'll do to to help with that. Um, you know, the second thing that I th- I think of too is is uh, I would say that this is really two and three uh, is you are what you consume. So and, and this this consumption can come in the form of food. It can come in the form of who you hang out with, mm-hmm. can come in the form of like media. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I try and uh, I try and be really good at what I'm putting into my body. Okay. From a food standpoint. And this one's, a, it's a little bit more difficult because I think uh, this, I should say this third one is a little bit more difficult. And I try to consume the type of, of media that I put in. You know, and that is, I have to try and be mindful because that one's difficult because it's almost like served at a platter <laughs> on you. So, yeah. um, buffet style. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's, 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 uh, mm. you are what you consume. So that would be, I think, uh, the food and the media is like two and three really important self care habits. I love it. Yes. I stopped watching the news. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I always get, yeah, get a second hand, even celebrity news. I'm like, what, what, what just happened? But you know what? It's actually <laughs> fun getting it secondhand because then you yeah. get people's interpretation of it and their perception of it. So, yeah. perspective on it. So, yeah. it's quite, uh, quite funny, to be honest. But it's, it's definitely helped with my stress management. Yeah. The number sure. one stress management technique stop watching the news. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. So what um, is there anything new and exciting that you're working on that you'd like our listeners to know about and where they where they can find you? Yeah, so I'm always learning. So it, it's I mean, that question uh, is is a loaded question. There, there's always <laughs> things that I'm, I'm, I'm learning, I'm, I'm trying to teach, um, you know, people who wanted to learn more, I would encourage either either visiting our website, reading our, our material there. So our, our website is uh, the letter I, uh, and then brainandbody.com. And we actually have a, a free Facebook group mm-hmm. where um, at least once a month, I jump on there and it's just kind of an ask me anything. So people are, are learning oh, wow. yeah, on, on their health and well-being. Um, I, I'm on there uh, giving them kind of my best opinion. Um, of course, you know, they always want to check with, with who they're working with first, but it's, it's 
my way of, of trying to give back to people that might be, you know, geographically in a different area or, or mm-hmm. you know, can't afford certain tests and, and whatnot. It's, it's one way that I think they can still get good answers. Amazing. So they can join through the website? On the website, you have a link. So to the, the website, um, yeah. So the website is actual is our actual business. Um, but on there, you can click there. There should be like a little Facebook button. Okay, icon. And and there's then... our business Facebook. Yeah, yeah. There's a business Facebook page, which is which is Integrative Brain and Body. We're out in the, the Chicagoland area, but the there's a individual group page too um, called Brain and Body Tribe, where we'll go on there. I'll post research, or we'll uh, we'll do little interviews and and ask me anything's on there too. Mm-hmm. Amazing. What a beautiful free resource for everyone, including our listeners. So thank you. That's really nice. Kind of you. Definitely. Absolutely. That best piece of advice that was given to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was mind boggling. And I'm going to like geek out on some of the research that you mentioned there too. And uh, yeah, really make an effort to get outside first thing more often. Cause like, I'm not perfect either. So there are some days when I'm just like oh, the day flies and I did not get outside. So I try to get outside um, at least once a day at least. So thank you for that lovely reminder. And I don't care how many guests on this show tell me the same advice, because it's so important and we need to really get out there all of us so i'm so glad that you have reiterated the importance of getting outside so thank you for that and um yes if there's anything else you want to wrap up with i'm more than happy for you to take the stage if not thank you thank you thank you again for being such a beacon of light and spreading the word on these amazing new findings and new research and really some some of these ancient healing strategies thank you thank you and i think I want to invite you back for some mitochondrial health. Uh, that really piques my interest. <laughs> I'd too, be, so. be happy to do that. And then, oh, Rita, I, I so appreciate you. I so appreciate this podcast. And, and again, I know I had, I had said this before, and I know this is probably going to be released well past, but um, you know, I'm, I'm super excited for you doing these things consistently for you. I think just getting this information out there is, is so valuable, you know, and, and you taking the time where where others couldn't i I think is it it really is going to pay off you know so i I so appreciate you having me on and and um you're an excellent host and and uh i appreciate you oh thank you so much take care and i'll see you soon (laughs) all right ciao for now everyone thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking part of your day and sharing it with me by listening to this amazing podcast episode. I would also like to thank our sponsors, St. Lucian Seamoss. Check them out and get some awesome Seamoss at www.stlucianseamoss.co. If you enjoyed this podcast and it was helpful, please share it with your loved ones or a friend and check out SavoyaSelfCare.com for more amazing wellness tips. Please also leave us a rating now on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot and send it to info at SavoyaSelfCare.com. We will reply with a gift as a grateful thank you. If you want to upgrade your healthy living and take it to the next level, be sure to join us next week. And remember, self-care is not selfish, it's self-love. Ciao for now.